Welcome to the Space of the Waste, featuring host Melody Edmondson. Do you struggle with the right look to complement your body shape? Have you tried so many different looks and styles only to be disappointed time and again? You've landed on the right program. We'll show you how to make the right style work in your favor. Now, here is Melody Edmondson. Welcome to the Space of the Waste. I am your host, Melody Edmondson, and my guest today is Yana Yattari, and she is the owner of Trendstop in the United Kingdom. She services the entire world, and she is the leading fashion and lifestyle innovator and agency, and the name is Trendstop. And you can go to www.trendstop.com if you want to look her up. And if I've made a mistake there, she'll correct me. But she uh, does consumer mind shift uh, and whatever it is the consumers are wanting. She shows what is trending, what is the future, as well as then what are they really picking up from that. And she is always evolving her fashion and lifestyle consumer shopping habits. So we are so happy to be on Voice America's network of the Variety Channel on my show, The Space of the Waste. And anyone that's just tuning in and has missed a few episodes, you may go to www.voiceamerica.com and put my name, Melody Edmondson, or my show, The Space of the Waste, on the search line, and you can listen to every episode that you have missed. So today, let's get with Yana, because I know you have you are so excited to hear about the fashion trends and colors and anything else she has to talk about going forward into fall, holiday, and even into next spring 23. Yana, so nice to have you. Maybe you can tell the listeners a little bit or a whole lot about yourself. Hi, Melody. Lovely to be here with you. Thanks for having <laughs> Thank me. Thank you. So, uh, You're I'm the not... expert. I got to right. have the best on here. <laughs> So I've worked uh, for over 20 years in trend forecasting for fashion. I've worked with Karl Lagerfeld and Calvin Klein and all big designers and also the big retailer houses like uh, Zara, H&M, Target. Um, so, uh, so we work with all of those kinds of big uh, fashion houses and uh, we help their teams, uh, their head of design, creative directors, fine directors to, to understand what are the new styles that are coming for the next season wow that is a whole lot what do you see happening what's coming up what can we be looking for well uh there's uh, always a few a few different interesting things so and now the pandemic has sort of almost like caused its whole another set of things so we can talk about uh, all those uh, sustainability things that people are more interested like you said in the greening of fashion and uh, there's uh, uh, because of that there's a lot of uh, neutral colors and sort of natural uh, natural fibers natural uh, aspects coming through but then at the same time now that the pandemic is sort of coming hopefully to uh, to an end more uh, there's sort of this sense of optimism as well and this whole decade is uh, said to be more expressive than uh, the last decade. So the 2020s was a little bit more about utilitarian and and this kind of Scandinavian minimalism was happening. And now yeah. the uh, 2020s is said to be much more kind of about 
fashion as a, a self-expression and, and almost like a form of art. So there's more prints and, and you can use fashion to uh, express yourself. And, and, and that has sort of a, that's one of the themes for this new decade as well. Yes, of course. And I, I don't know um, uh, how you uh, actually transition from such an at-home, at-leisure clothes, uh, I want to call kind of a sloppiness, sorry to say, but right. <laughs> what I, you know, I'm not an at-leisure fan. Um, sorry, Mike Edwards, I loved your, your store, uh, Lucy, and my friend has bought 14 pairs of the talls because she's 5'11 before you close the Lucy's in uh, Tucson. But <laughs> athleisure has never been my thing. Now to buy it for yoga or to buy it to work out in, you bet. But I don't go around in jogging outfits or leisure suits or yoga clothes when I go for lunch or even to go shopping for groceries. So I am very happy, as is Anna Weintour, that the <laughs> athleisure is hopefully not going to be around. People are wanting to dress up more and color. I think people are sick of wearing, like for me, black all the time. I mean, I'm going to wear black, to, trust me, but I do think color is looking very nice, you know, at least for a jacket with your fit and flare jeans or something. I see color uh, vibrant color being something that's coming forward. But before we get any deeper into the fashion, I want to segue into what made you decide to go into fashion and trends and lifestyle and everything that you have for so many years. What was your mother into this or your grandma or an aunt or? Mm -hmm. So I grew up in Finland, in Scandinavia, and I have these, uh, uh, great aunts uh, who were all sort of seamstresses or so one of them was kind of like a textile stitcher so that sort of handcrafting and and the fashion was in in my family and and they uh, uh one of them the seamstress made some clothes for us when we were little uh, back in the 70s and uh and it was sort of always around so uh so i kind of uh got into it that way and and my mother was al also quite into fashion when she was young so it's in your dna you right. had no choice. <laughs> right. I'm so glad. <laughs> okay. Well, so it's in your DNA. So now you can, now I, after interrupting you, because I forgot that, um, and I really wanted to know, because I, I find that, you know, to be uh, quite often, or it's the very opposite. Their, their uh, dad wanted them to be a doctor and they just mm -hmm. got their degree in engineering or whatever. And they said, no way, you know, am I going to do that? <laughs> so anyway, I know Dana Bachman, I, I think I met her in New York. She was a, a fabulous uh uh, working at Ellen Tracy at the time, but I think she had a degree in engineering and she thought this just, just isn't fun. You know, she moved to New York from Tennessee and she goes, and she met, graduated like summa cum laude or whatever and super, super, super smart. But she said, I want to do something fun. So she got into fashion and she, as we all know, she did very, very well, Dana Bachman and opened the Faber Institute there for cancer. But continuing on, let's get back into fall, winter, holiday, and then on into spring 23. Let me hear what you have to say about that, because I know our listeners are tuning in for that. <laughs> right. So uh, I'm going to talk to you a little bit from the European pr perspective. So these days I'm based in London. I moved here when I was 19. I, I went to study fashion at the famous uh, 
Central Saint Martin's uh, oh, fashion wow. store, right? The best of the best, I tell you. Right, right. And then uh, the way I got into trend forecasting was because uh, one of my tutors asked uh, me and a classmate to work on a trend project for for one of the UK retailers called New Look. And uh, back then, this was before the internet sort of barely existed uh, in the nineties, and uh, and because the information didn't spread like that. I had never heard of such a thing as trend forecasting before that was uh, new uh, to me. And uh, and through this project, I learned about it. And, and also I uh, got into sort of doing some uh, print design on a computer, so kind of digital design. And I decided that I want to work on something that combines fashion and digital because I really enjoyed that kind of creativity using uh, your computer wow. as well. Wow, digital. So you're, you know, a lot um, about technology then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. So you're the full left brain, right brain, full yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have a, so, so now we um, upload all our information online and, and it's all in a digital format. So we do these beautiful trend books that are uh, digital and, uh, um, First, when I when I graduated, I I started. Uh, I basically went to uh, work with this company that was one of the early companies to do uh, computer computerized fashion design programs, so that designers could design on the computer. And the management wanted them to do that because it was more time saving, and then they could upload their designs to the factory, and it was much easier than was it by fat, uh, silhouettes and prints or right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh wow. Yeah. So uh, and then so they trained me to go and train their customers uh, in London. So I, I went to work with the, the designers of uh, Marks and Spencer and some of the the uh, suppliers and companies that were there. And I trained the designers to use this uh, computer program. And uh, and um, uh, their problem was that they because they couldn't draw yet on the computer, they uh, they it was difficult for them to get started. So I, I started creating this sort of uh, like a design libraries of all the dresses and the pants and the uh, jackets and everything. And then all the detailings like the po pockets and belts and everything that you could uh, quickly build uh, like as a building blocks, your designs on the computer. And then, then it was much easier to change them and edit them there. So that's was my first business. So I, uh, I created yeah. uh, those um, and then I was working with these designers and they said that, okay, we've got the basic shapes now, but we want to know what's coming next season. And uh, also at that time, sort of in the late nineties, for the first time, it was possible to see the runway pictures on the internet. So I started doing these, uh, these computer sketches um, based on the new shapes that were coming through from the runway shows and that's, wow. that's what business. And then so that's you're how sketching I got online also? Uh, not so much now, but uh, but that sort of led into the kind of researching what's coming in future seasons. And then it, back in 2002, I set up my company Trendstop to to become a sort of dedicated trend forecasting provider. Okay, okay, mm -hmm. I get it. But you were actually taking, you were seeing what was on the runway, and then you right. would yourself take what you thought was going to happen in the future, the best of the best that you thought was, you know, more saleable, right. or you adjusted it, or you took what mm -hmm, they did, mm -hmm. made it your own, and then you forecasted the trends from that. Right. So you also sketch, do you sketch yourself, or did you have no, a sketch no. artist? Not not so much now, but back then, yes, I yes I did. 
you did. Wow, you're you're just multi talented. If I sketch, uh, if you have a two year old or you have a have a, a niece or nephew, they draw better than I do. But I also, when I wanted my clothes something I wanted to have designed, I'd have to go in and try to draw what I wanted. And I would have that seamstress could always draw better than me. Right. And I'd say, yeah, that's what I want. Only, 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 you know, and then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we'd get it sketched and, you know, and I'd go in and have my fittings and whatnot, but it was a really fun period that I went through, but I am, that's great. So then continue on. You, you decided to do your, this is, the beginning of your empire, right? <laughs> right, right. And uh, and um, now, uh, and that was kind of my backstory. So we can jump into the fall, uh, okay. fall uh, trends if you want to. Because now you've been doing it ever since. Right, I've been since doing the, it ever since. Uh, was it like 1990? How many, how, what? You, 19? So 20 years ago. I, I was 19 years old when I oh, first went wow. to London. And then uh, for the past 20 years, I've been doing um, ever since and uh, trend forecasting. That is just fantastic. And I hope you do it for another 30, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Or or 40, it's fine. You can do it 50, I don't care. But just keep doing it. Okay, so tell us, uh, we kind of know what's been seen for spring, unless there's something else that hasn't been introduced that's going, that has developed that's going that we're going to see late summer into like the early early fall or late summer you can also tell us that news um uh i hope that you're going to have a lot of um resources you can send me on who does the natural fibers in other parts of the country other than the u.s Mm -hmm, i kind of know what the u.s has and i'm finding not what as much as i need particularly for my over 50 group, 50 to 70, and mother of the bride and grandmothers of the brides, uh, even 45 and onward, I'm having trouble with natural fiber. So anyway, like silk, you know, and great looking, but not $25,000, you know, American dollars, something that you could buy for, you know, hopefully under $1,000, but very close to that or under, you know, less mm-hmm. is better, <laughs> right. but can continue on with uh, the trends. I'll, I'll try to quit interrupting you. So uh, we have a, so we uh, speak about trends in terms of these kinds of overarching themes or seasonal directions. And one of the directions we are seeing is, um, is this idea that we call refined vintage or redesigned vintage. And what it means is that uh, back in the, um, before the sort of fast fashion, era started about 20 years ago uh you know vintage was was created uh, much more sort of with care and attention so the designer would have more time to design it and and the print designer would have a long time to develop and hone the prints and that's why vintage design has such beautiful qualities and it's been yeah. so popular um yes and, right right and now there's this sort of new appreciation of this that actually fast fashion is actually it's very bad for the environment then it's these companies just uh, producing and just filling stores with things that are not so exciting or well targeted to consumers there's so there's this, this sort of newfound appreciation of uh, even modern designers taking more time uh, and care to to design their items so so uh, there's going to be this sort of um, nice blend of uh, features that 
uh, inspired by vintage, so beautiful sleeves, beautiful uh, uh, just a design detail, nice prints um, uh, on the on the items. But then they are done in modern modern materials and with the modern sensibilities in mind. So, for instance, uh, one of the really bad things about vintage is that it's so often polyester. So now designers can create these nice vintage prints and vintage vintage features nice design detailing uh, and give that sort of special attention to the to the piece um, but then do it in a modern material for example so it's 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 got the best of both worlds so that's a really nice mm -hmm. exciting uh, development coming yeah. through yeah some of the uh couture haute couture and couture is uh are in beautiful fabrics like silk mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. organza and uh, silk brocades and that kind of thing it, in terms of vintage that I have a friend, uh, Morushka Vukovic, who, Vukovic Sunora, who um, was from former Yugoslavia and she um, in corrosion now and New York. And she tries to look at all of the antique stores and vintage stores to find fine, fine, fine fabrics, because especially over the last five years, because mm -hmm. especially when fast fashion took over, because she was the couture, haute couture and designer buyer at Bloomingdale's. And of course, her eye always also like her, her mom, also like mm -hmm. your mom, always made like couture quality clothing for wealthy women in Yugoslavia. And she learned all of that since she was like four years old. So her aesthetic has always been so high, but when fast fashion started and she was already retired, she was like just being a consultant and she, but she just absolutely detested all of that, you know, and just mm -hmm. was so upset that what is going on? And that, that, as you say, has been around for about going on almost 20 years. Right, right. And I hope it's over because that is mm -hmm. contributing to the landfill. That's the big For problem. Sure. It's For crap sure. fabric, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and what fashion industry is one of the most polluting industries. And, and it's also because, because there's so much waste created because companies just make this stuff and fill the stores and then uh, like you say, it ends up discounted, it ends up in the landfill. So it just isn't yeah. um, isn't good. And actually there's these statistics that um, that uh, only about um, uh, twenty percent of uh, of a sort of average fashion collection uh, makes uh, eighty percent of the profit. So the other eighty percent that doesn't make the profit, if that was removed, the company would still make eighty percent of the money they make today. So so there's so much waste in in fashion just because the things are not targeted well to what people actually want and and. There's a lot of uh, just uh, kind of, oh, we have to have, you know, 100 dresses in the collection and then they just keep creating them until they've, they filled the box. Yeah, I, I, they've got to start focusing on the actual body shape and the actual mm -hmm, mm -hmm. human being that wears the clothes today and their lifestyle and their work wear and their leisure wear and their, mm -hmm. you know, their celebratory occasions that they have for weddings and yeah you know, we all have these things that we attend whether they go to church or they go to synagogue or they go to weddings or they go to bar mitzvahs or they go to sweet 13 or sweet 16 or showers and weddings and they want to dress up and there's the rehearsal dinners and there's all the showers i mean I, i've been working with people all through the pandemic on this and let me tell you it's been very difficult to find something appropriate and you know that 
that is appropriate for life, not mm -hmm. just some mm -hmm. ideal that some guy has in their head about a woman with a often male type body, 5'10", no boobs, no waist, no hips, no butt, you know, 5'11", maybe broad shoulders. That isn't 99% uh, of the women in the entire world. So we've mm -hmm. got to start focusing on, which is one thing why I like the 3D scanners and what they're able to do with saving the data, like big thinks has shivers into all of that. And I think it's just so important to have that. And he's keeping data and he's actually even more and creating manufacturing uh, goods that go with what he is selling with the body shapes, which is going to really, I think, the revolutionize uh, the fashion industry. But mm -hmm. back to uh, what you were saying, we're getting pat, you're going into the taking the vintage and upgrading it, <laughs> upgrading right, the right. fashion and taking the details they like from vintage, but making it in a sustainable fabrication. Mm -hmm. I like that. So that's a trend. Yeah, right. And they're really interesting new sustainable material developments coming through as well. They They will still take a little while for all of them to come to the retail but for example there's a new material called rose petal silk which is being developed and and that's a silk material made out of rose petals so you don't need the silkworms to make the material so it's much more sustainable so it's made out of uh, basically plant material rose petal what's it called rose how do you say silk. yeah rose petal rose silk. petal silk Rose petal mm -hmm. silk. Oh, right. yay. That right. is awesome. Made, right. And it's made of actual awesome. rose petals. I love it. Um, and maybe that's one of the reasons why uh, I think what some of the designer brands in France are buying up land and planting flowers. Right. I right. wonder if right. that's why. Mm -hmm. I bet you just explain that to me. I thought it was maybe for fragrance for the right. perfumes. And I'm thinking, hmm, that's a lot of land. That's a lot of perfume. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so what, both, I guess. <laughs> so what else besides vintage? So, um, uh, there's on the, on the sort of, uh, greening of fashion and, and the, the fast fashion topic. So, so there are sort of clear signs and, and research has been done that the kind of fast fashion period will, period and the sort of fast retail will slow down in this yay. decade right yay so uh so get rid of fast fashion i exactly. like slow fashion exactly so it means that the trends are going to become a bit slower and it means that Good. there'll be sort of more longevity in trends and things will last longer Yes, and timeless and good price. fabric wool price. silk exactly. mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. alpaca you know even linen and silk, there are so many things you can do with various fabrications and right. I mean, yarns right. and plants, like you say. So uh, anyway, go on. So, so it's going so this, back, going, going to be to natural. Yay. Right. And, uh, and it means that uh, people will start uh, thinking, not just in terms of one season, but okay, if I, if I get this piece, will I get a year or two years or even three years? And we all know that there are some of those well-loved pieces in our wardrobes that we worn for five or 10 years. So it's going back to that kind of more long-term thinking mm -hmm. for fashion. And, uh, and there's um, a statistic that says that uh, 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 American women wear only 10% um, out of their wardrobe. So, and, and many of the things still have labels on them as we know, and I'm sure it 
applies to women pretty much worldwide and maybe some men as well so um so it's this sort of uh, thinking when when uh, you go shopping it's sort of looking at the piece and and saying that okay am i going to love it for a long time that that and and trying to get away from that sort of um impulse thinking or or if 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 like i would always say that if you are not 100% sure that you are going to love the piece you are you are getting then don't get it because mm-hmm. because it, otherwise it might end up at the back of the wardrobe <laughs> yeah right exactly and, and just because called, it's on sale, just because it's right, on sale doesn't mean it's a viable, good piece for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I've got, I've lived long enough to have gone through that cycle. And I really do call my closet the archive. The entire right. closet is an archive because I do do that. And I have mm-hmm. done that. I have done that since I was about, I have to be honest, 30. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because... You know, I went through the trends and trends and trends, uh, even though half the time I couldn't wear them because I'm short-waisted. And back then I was skinny and short-waisted, which I'm not skinny now, but I'm not fat, but I'm not skinny. But the thing is, you have to, I have to be very careful now that everything is correct for my body shape because I can't mm-hmm. fudge. Mm-hmm. I used to fudge when I was 21 to 30. Right. right. 30 onward, right. no fudging, no fudging. Yeah. The waist is short, dress accordingly. And, you know, yeah, it's just got to do what you got to do. And otherwise it's going to get thrown out. You know, the skinnier you get, your waist does not get longer. Got news for you. You can emaciate your body like so many people do. And they think then they can wear a big wide belt. Guess what? You can't if you've got three inches. I don't care if you're five, if you're six foot three Mm -hmm. and 100 Mm -hmm. pounds. If you have four inches between your boobs and your hips, you're short-waisted. You know, if you don't have that nine inches, you know, forget it. And if you don't have seven inches and your average height, you're short-waisted. So Mm -hmm. back Mm -hmm. to thinking about your purchases and how long will it last? I do that very thing. And it's Mm -hmm. so important because every time I go and pick up uh, my garments that I've had, you know, and a lot of times people do say, is this new? And I'll go, no. Mm-hmm. Or I'll right. say, yeah, it's new to me because I've never worn it because I do the, I do buy, buy multiples. Mm-hmm. If I find something and it's so fabulous, I have been known mm-hmm. to buy multiples of it, particularly if right. it's a black pant, a black top, a black t-shirt, mm-hmm. long, lean, tight to wear underneath so I don't have to wear a bra. And then a long, lean blazer, I may buy more than one, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. if it's on sale. So that then when I wear that one out, I've got the other one. I'll go, yeah, it's new, but I yeah. purchased it in 1995 or I purchased right. it in 2007. Now I know that's not how people do, but it, in Europe, it used to be when I traveled to Europe, women in Europe bought better, timeless clothes. Once right, right. married, especially in France, they would dress a certain mm-hmm. way and then they get married, move to the burbs and they got the classic bob and they dressed more elegant and they wore timeless things and they kept them for mm-hmm. years and years and years. Cashmere right. sweater, pleated skirt, beautiful Aramis scarf, strand of pearls, you know, a great haircut. Mm-hmm. And that they didn't go for the trendy, 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 trendy that were young. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I do like some of the trends if I can, you know, wear them, but I do think this timeless dressing, having 90% of your wardrobe like that, I think Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. 
very smart for the pocketbook too in the long run because you're not replacing those cheap, cheap pants that Mm -hmm. wear out and pill and split. You know what I mean? If you buy good ones, and that doesn't always mean the label because some labels don't always consistently have uh, the very, very best fabric. Usually you get what you pay for, but not always. Right. Right. And and that way, and I really shop that way as well. And I support that uh, way of shopping. And, and what some of the other benefits are that then you really get to know your wardrobe and you, you know what looks good on you. And then yes. uh, you can just, when it comes to seasonal shopping, you can just add something new for the season. You can add yes. the, the nice print or the color of the season and just that uh, inst- immediately then updates the, the looks that you have. So it's, Absolutely. Uh, so you get kind of the best of uh, both. Yes. Well, I like that trend. We're going to call that timeless, nice fabrics right, and right. timeless. That's what I'm going right. to call that. And think and, and, using higher consciousness before you purchase. Don't be so impulsive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and really looking at looking for items that have really beautiful design detailing and something special about them because that that can add to that longevity as well. That you just will love the piece for longer because it's got some nice. There you go. Absolutely. So what else? We've got vintage, we've got timeless, we've got natural fiber, down with the fast fashion, up with the more quality. (laughs) What can we see next? Um, What else do you see? So uh, we have a, a, you know, you mentioned about the occasion wear, and uh, there's actually an interesting trend here in Europe uh, that um, when people buy for occasion and sort of relates to what we were talking about, the timeless wardrobe, there's uh, it, it's quite uh, popular here now to to look for items that are great for the occasion uh, when they are new, but then it's a sort of nice um, piece that you can wear um, for like semi-formal occasions, like to go to, to a nice dinner or just a kind of a, a evening out. Uh, so so. Uh, it's uh, occasion item once, but it's kind of has a certain um, idea of a less formal look as well, so that you can then continue wearing that piece for like throughout uh, your life for for non-formal uh, things as well. So so you kind of combine combine those two um, functions uh, together, and you can get yeah. more mileage out of the piece. That's right. And that's where my black comes in because I have Mm -hmm. like black long maxi or long full length maxi for more day, really long to wear with heels, you know, for Mm -hmm. maybe a wedding or whatever, but I, I'm all about the black. Um, Well, I like that. I like that idea. Someone told me also, it was actually uh, someone in bridal said that also uh, two pieces in an evening type thing, like a mother or bride might look for something that's two pieces, just so she can maybe mm-hmm. wear the top with something in the bottom. Right. Like if you do a wide silk pant and then a, a uh, like a beautiful neckline for whatever the face mm-hmm. shape and, mm-hmm. the, and the neck requires and your body shape top. And then you can wear the top with other things. You can wear those wide leg pants with a sweater or, you know, mm-hmm. you could bring mm-hmm. it down or bring it up and ditto juxtapose pose the top with denim or you know whatever yeah or with white or white in the summer because silk is timeless fabrication yeah and there's this uh, kind of like a we talk a lot about the genderless fashion so uh, there's uh, there's this new trend that fashion is becoming much more genderless and of course this applies a little bit more in in casual wear but what this can mean for 
suits and dressing that sort of um, much more masculine. And again, these sort of beautifully vintage inspired suits uh, are worn by women. So, so you kind of uh, can be inspired by vintage, uh, but specifically the kind of men's wardrobe of, of vintage. And that can uh, make some interesting looks as well, some nice pants and maybe uh, depending again on who it's for, but there are a lot of these kind of oversized blazers as well, or these sort of oh, very yeah. oversized pants. Uh, I actually love the oversized blazer and they're actually selling in the stores. So I'm so happy mm -hmm. to hear that. Um, and you can even wear that shape for outerwear as well. So they're, they're, they're these sort of um, fall jackets that are like an oversized blazer shape, but then it's a jacket to wear outside. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Yep, so I like that, the genderless. And is there anything else we need to know about going well, forward? Uh, there's uh, just, uh, I, I guess people often uh, wonder about how to make nice uh, uh, color combinations or how to think about uh, color in the, in the wardrobe. And now there's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of um, sort of new alternatives to neutral colors and, and to, to black, uh, uh, even though you love it, Melody, but uh, <laughs> I know I got I got to brighten up my life, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so there, for example, this sort of what we call sort of soft black. So, for example, a very dark navy that gives that uh, the elegant feeling of black, but it's actually navy. So it gives mm -hmm. a bit a softer uh, ele element to black or or it can be a very dark brown, which gives a more kind of natural um feeling and mm -hmm. and um uh, and they and, and really i'm talking about sort of like a very like a coffee brown that that these these shades are close to black but they have that sort of softening touch uh mm -hmm. that makes them a bit more softly wearable and and this of course depends on what kind of colorings people have as well but yeah uh, your skin tone right yeah. but but for for instance dark navy has been for some more premium uh, brands in Europe, uh, dark navy has been a more popular choice than even uh, black because uh, it just um, it just adds a bit of uh, interest and it gives that sort of softer, less harsh mm -hmm. uh, alternative uh, mm -hmm. to black. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, then there are a lot of those uh, neutral, the kind of eco friendly and the sustainable uh, aspects are, are introducing uh, natural, nice sort of softened natural colors, which can be neutrals. So mm -hmm. uh, or like a ecru for the light ones and then different shades of browns and, and just uh, kind of nice um, uh, sort of, uh, for example, a combination of, uh, of a brown and a, a khaki, which may, makes kind of like a greenish uh, brown. It, it's color is a bit difficult to exp explain, describing words, but kind of like a interesting shades of um of color but uh, how how this uh, lends itself to bright color as well that there are a lot of these sort of uh, softened neutral brighter colors like for example instead of very instead of very bright yellow you would have a, a sort of like a we call it like a pastis color like a like a, a sort of like the the, the French drink pastis uh, is that sort of milky milky yellow color so uh, yes, so you, yes. mm, so you you bring this sort of softness to the Kind of an colors, opalescence of colors, like mm -hmm. kind of opalescent, mm -hmm. luminous, right. milky yellow, milky, like the right. periwinkle. Right. It's really kind of a milky purple, a milky right. pink. Mm -hmm. I like mm -hmm. those, and, and more people can wear them. It's like the hue is important. Like it's not just fuchsia mm -hmm. right. or red. Right. But it's what looks good on you. Like I can wear mm -hmm. raspberry actually mm -hmm. better than I can wear fuchsia or pink. Mm -hmm. Right. Though I have on navy and pink and orange today, somehow it all kind of works. But if it was just mm -hmm. red or just pink or just navy, 
-hmm. None of those mm -hmm. colors look that great on me individually. Right. But somehow right. when I mix it, I can kind of get by with it. But some people look beautiful in all of, you know, you know, depending on your skin tone. But mm -hmm. again, about that is the neutral of blush and nude and the different nudes for the different skin tones. Is that all still going on? Well, there are um, sort of uh, nice new updates to those colors as well. So for example, uh, for pink, uh, there's this sort of light pink that has a gray in it as well, which makes it feel a bit sort of more gender neutral as well and a bit less uh, kind of overtly feminine and more sophisticated because if you add gray to pink, it just gives it that sort of sophisticated mm -hmm. uh, uh, feeling. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, in general, the sort of... Uh, the kind of uh, natural eco feel to colors like uh, for example um, a more eco feeling red is something where you sort of tone the red down so it becomes sort of uh, like an orangey um, uh, how should we describe this um, like um, uh, a sort of muted down down coral, red uh, a coral or something like a right, coral or a salmon or like a terracotta or some some of those tones yeah yeah and and uh, for fall it can be a little bit darker so if you Im imagine a coral and then put more brown into it so it becomes yeah. kind of a darker version of coral. there you go that kind of, mm. interesting and i've seen these kind of cognacy browns that are mm -hmm. also kind of a cross between cognac and what do i want to say mm. uh bark not a bark but it has a little yellow in it you know, mm -hmm. yellow, yellow mm -hmm. to the brown. So it, you know, the same with the yellow that looks more mustardy, but it's not ugly mustard. It's a little mm -hmm. happier than happier than mustard. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Those kind mm -hmm. of colors. Which yeah, right. Look, you know, certain skin tones look very good on those. So mm -hmm. what do you? What's for holiday? What do you see people wearing for holiday? Well, it's actually uh, interesting that here um in the uk where i am uh, it's a uh, there's a lot more casual dressing for for holidays so uh, okay. it, and especially i guess also because of the pandemic people have spent a lot of time uh, at home mm -hmm. so it's more the holidays with the family but people wear, would wear things especially younger people even you could even have a like a sweater uh, shape or a knitted knitted sweater and then just uh, for example in black or and then it would just have some uh, maybe tonally black sparkle on it so it's very subtly subtly formal uh, so uh, so these kinds of more casual shapes but then you would do it in a nice material and add some subtle uh, glitter or sparkle to it and then that that sort of elevates the piece for the occasion but then you can wear it um for example, throughout the holidays, or um, you know, you know more than than just uh, in a very formal way. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, that and, makes and, a lot of sense. People mm -hmm. have have gotten used to being comfortable. So even right, if you're going right. to dress up and wear elegant fabrics, I had a lady who's five uh, eleven, and mm -hmm. she wanted to buy a silk wide-legged pant that has not only a blouse and a blazer, but also a sweater, but she wants it all one color. Yeah. And she wants luxury fibers, nothing polyester. I haven't found it for her yet. Uh, because if I find it, they don't have her size because she is tall, rectangle, balanced waist, you know, uh, she's got a good figure, but she's tall and she needs for her bone structure. She needs, I think she's Danish and German. She's needs like a 14 
uh, mm -hmm. American sizing or a 50 um, euro. And uh, I'm just having a very difficult time finding that. So mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. you have any tips, send me an email for Shirley Wagner. She's a beautiful body sculpture maker and she sculptures for all over the world. People are buying these great big 12 feet sculptures from her. But she has a very hard time finding clothes because she's mm -hmm. tall mm -hmm. and she's large boned, but she's not doesn't have a lot of uh, fat on her body. She just has big bones and that's not going anywhere. It has mm -hmm. to actually be broad enough and long enough, you know, and she likes all the way down, you know, doesn't wear heels and has to be long. But another thing I wanted to ask you since we're on holiday, is there anything you want to bring up about accessories or shoes that's anything different? I'm enjoying my little tool anklets and platforms this summer with my vintage dresses mm -hmm. i don't know if that's a trend i just kind of made it up because i like to wear those darling uh, or they're kind of uh, tool and they're either hand embroidered or machine embroidered or they have sequins or they have glittery jewels on them and i buy them on etsy and i wear them mm -hmm. long enough so they ruch down i love that look with my platforms and i don't like my feet bare when i go out i don't wear sandals because i don't want my feet exposed with all the covid or monkey brains or whatever you're gonna get on your mm -hmm. feet <laughs> so i just said i'm gonna do my little anklets and my platforms but tell mm -hmm. us uh, have shoes also gotten a little more comfortable like that, mm -hmm. or are the big high heel five inches still the big deal? Oh yeah, so so this uh, topic of comfort in general, it, it's uh, here to stay because uh, the lockdowns get everyone comfortable, so no one wants to give it up now. And, and in terms of trends, because we also don't want to stay in those old sweatpants uh, forever, so it means that there's this kind of new wave of comfort that is uh, kind of like, premium comfort or presentable comfort we can call it that it means that things are comfortable but they also look good yes so for example uh, uh, knit 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 knitwear is a great way to do that because because true knit is um uh, and and very good quality jerseys are uh look much better and more presentable than just regular sweat material so so there are a lot of uh, shapes uh, that are like for example uh uh, polo shirt shapes into knit or uh, just uh, different different types of shapes uh, uh, sweatshirts dresses anything that would be normally in a jersey knit is it can be in a very nice quality to knit uh, to just uh, for for fall as well and yeah. then uh, on uh, on the shoes and if if you don't want to wear sandals uh, there's uh, there are a lot of nice uh, slip-ons uh, and um, and kind of like a these sorts of uh, um, uh, like a new a bit more uh, advanced, uh, nicer design for that kind of ballerina shape that you just put your foot in. And and uh, here in Europe, definitely uh, women are wearing a lot more comfortable shoes. So high heels are really worn every now and again for special occasion. But uh, but uh, loads of women um, here in the UK as well in London really are all the time in in flats just because it it, it is comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And I like those uh, personally. I like the uh... And they can look beautiful in the front with dresses, I think. Rounded toes mm -hmm. look really good. Mm -hmm. And with those chunkier heels, or even they can be uh, hourglassy kind of looking heels, but they're not for two and a half or two and a half to three inches, not five inches. That's 
I think a very comfortable, I mean, you can really, you can run in those if you have to, because I have some, and I wish, I know Fendi did a lot of them uh, about three years ago. And, uh, you know, Prada has done the platform, but uh, Mm -hmm. I find those to be very, very, very comfortable. And I hope that Mm -hmm. they will continue to knock those off at a more affordable prices for people because, Mm -hmm. you know, some of those shoes have gone from $995 to $1,200. And that's Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. far too expensive for most people, but you should be able to buy a good leather shoe with a leather with, with leather and comfort and soft leather and possibly be able to buy something for under $400 at least, mm-hmm. or under maybe under 300. I know Kara Mack is trying to do that with her line where she's got boots and shoes, Kara M-A-C Mack, and she's taking the heels and making like, like we used to do with the earring covers where you could slip on one heel, take it off. And it's not the heel, it's the cover over the heel. Like you can put one that's sparkly, one that's striped, all on a black leather boots, made in Brazil that are the most comfortable. Of course, I bought the pointed toe because I like pointed toe with fit and flare because I think the toe should show under a fit and flared pants. So I bought a pair of those boots, but they're black, but I can change the heel. You know, I bought Mm -hmm. like 16 different heels to put on that heel covers. And that, that, that boot is not even $300. I don't think Mm -hmm. what, and Mm -hmm. it's leather. It is just gorgeous. So she's doing that and she's doing that with her sandals where she does have a sandal that I can wear my anklets with. And well, they're not actually anklets because they're a little taller and then I ruch them Mm -hmm. down, but they have different sparkly things that you, or pearlized that you can put on the kind of T-stack strap down the front. So, you know, you can change the colors. So it is sustainable because you have two pairs of shoes, a boot and a sandal that you can put 15 different colors to. So to me, that is another way of being sustainable. It's just not buying so many and be able to change Mm -hmm. it up. Mm -hmm. And you you can totally do that. Yeah, and that's a that's a big uh, new trend as well. This kind of multifunctionality of items, and and there's even now active wear being developed, for example, in stretch linen that you can wear to a yoga Pilates class. Or I um, I have this outfit that you can wear to go for a run, and then you can just but it looks like a nice uh, sort of linen shorts and a top, and so you can just wear it to the city or you know just that's to, good. To go to the mall. That right, sounds right. stretch linen. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of that. I love that. I've learned about stretch linen and rose petal silk. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, Now, we only have 11 minutes. So can you just give us a teeny glimpse into spring 23 colors and if there's any silhouettes that are new or ongoing? Mm -hmm. So so the the comfort and the softness of the materials is... uh, continues to be really important that just the hand feeling and the feeling how something feels on your body is is important and those are those kinds of longer term investment pieces and we'll be starting to slowly see more of the sustainable materials coming into store so uh, even hemp is a big one that's coming through it's a it's much more sustainable than cotton Uh, it's and it's 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 kind of like linen in in appearance and you can blend it with the organic cotton or um, those uh, other linen, uh, other fibers, but um, is it but called something like hemp? Hemp. Yeah. Oh, hemp. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. And it's uh, it's it's uh, grows a lot faster than cotton, and it re- 
requires a lot less water and space to grow than cotton. Yeah. So that's why there's a lot of it in the United States. Right, right. So, um, and uh, and yeah, nice those kinds of nice uh, the sort of pastel colors that are more uh, organic feeling or natural feeling. So they have uh, so colors again still have this kind of nice natural feel uh, to to them. And um, yeah, just the kind of uh, those pieces that can be worn for longer or, or even um, uh, that can be worn differently with the pieces that you have in your wardrobe. All those kinds of things are are uh, some Great. of the nice things. And do you see all this, the bright coral, the bright orangey reds, the emerald greens or bright greens and the red tones and the raspberry mm -hmm. fuchsia tones and the, and the... So, uh, periwinkle colors or do you see also brights and pastels and midtones or neutrals or is there a sway one so, way or the other one uh, nice uh, spring color is uh, the kind of peachy colors because peach is a blend of orange and pink so uh, so it's sort of neither it's not as sort of harshly bright as orange but it's also not as sort of classically pink as pink so so those sort of peach tones are really nice, uh, but still feminine uh, spring color, for instance. Oh, and there's great. quite a lot of, right. And there are quite a lot of sort of softer greens as well, more like a kind of sage greens. So oh, I like uh, that. Sort of, okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Right. And I like that. What's that other green that's not sage, but it's got more of a green than blue to it. I don't know what you call it. But teal. Huh? Teal. Not teal. <laughs> I like teal, but that wasn't what I was mm -hmm. thinking of. Uh, mm -hmm. What's the other grass besides sage that's green? Kind of a pea green in a way. Yeah. Like a pea green uh, with, with a little bit more gray in it, but not blue. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even, even can have a little yellow olive, almost to an olive yeah. color. I love olive, but there's olives with yellow and there's olives with gray. Right. It, and it's and there are a lot of these sort of more interesting colors. Sage, that are, sage I think. Yeah, you, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. maybe. And then um, what's that uh, kind of a emerald, almost milky emerald color that I love. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I like for, for a little bit br brighter summary color even like a sort of pear green or paler pear color okay as well. you're seeing pales also for going forward pales and neutrals and brights because i i almost think again they're trying it's not just one or the other don't you think it's mm -hmm. more and like they introduce a variety of hues yeah for yeah. the mood your personality because i know people their personality some will not wear a color Others will not wear a bright or they only wear mid-tones or they only wear pastels or they only wear deeps or they're yeah. brand. They've never liked prints, but all of a sudden they're kind of going to wear a print for the first time. That would be me. I've never liked yeah. print. Maybe a stripe, but I've never, never, never liked prints. To me, prints were old right. lady. Prints were old lady. Prints were old lady. And I wasn't going to wear one. All of a sudden, I said, why not? Let's just see mm -hmm. what happens, mm -hmm. you know? They can be a nice sort of pop. Uh, and um, 
uh, another from the sustainability perspective, the thing about bright colors and black is that they are unfortunately the most chemically toxic ones to dye with using the traditional dyes because they take more chemicals than other mm. colors. And there are now being new colors being developed that are dyed with more natural ingredients yes. and they, they have a little bit more softer feeling to them. But but some really bright colors can be created that way as well. So, so going forward, there'll be sort of more talk of the naturally dyed uh, items as as well because yes. the chemicals We're coming up the with the natural dyes yes i've spoke, spoken yeah, to right, several right. people that are only doing those and some of them are done with you know plants you know mm -hmm. and flowers and everything and uh i'm very happy to see that and right. you know you can make a mid-tone black <laughs> you can call it mud gray or something i don't know right but I don't think I need more black. That's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I've got it. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been and you buying can wear it. it. Right, exactly. And it's nice fibers, so they will last fibers. me. Now I just need to replace them if I do so something the most, to them. Yeah, right. You know and what I mean? If I do right. And the most eco-friendly thing is to continue wearing the thing you already have. Okay, there. I gotta go. I, I could go on and on talking to you, Yana, but we're gonna have to go. This is this Melody Edmondson, the Space of the Ways. We thank Yana Yatri very much for coming on from Trinstop. Please go to her site, learn what you can learn, join her service. She is just all over, and she has so much she could talk about about lifestyle and all kinds of things besides just fashion so we got to have her on again so maybe right now in front of everyone i'll say can you come next year <laughs> I so, hope. And, if, and in the meantime if anyone's interested if you go on our website transtop.com click on that we have a snapshot insights offer on the homepage, and with that you get our monthly 30 minute trend uh zoom sessions and you can join those and they have really interesting uh Oh, yeah, that will be fun for everybody. Let's all do that. Okay, every one of you. Okay, and give me an email at melody122551 at gmail or the space of the waste at gmail.com. Signing off, Melody Edmondson. Tune in next week. Bye bye, Donna. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the space of the waste. Please join host Melody Edmondson again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next time.